A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling. Brought to you by Zwift, where fun is fast. I'm Graham Wilgos. Brad, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Yeah, good, good day in the Giro. Good, um, certainly a good watch. Victor Campanot's a worthy winner. Yeah, and a worthy guest with us. Yes, we've got all our back. All yeah. anyway. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Welcome back, fresh from the breakaway. Uh, Brad, you've mentioned him already. Today's winner, Victor Campanats, uh, yeah. crossed the line there in a two-up sprint. His face was a picture. Yeah, it was. Um, it was great to see. I said earlier in the commentary that um, it'd be lovely to see him try and win again. He's tried so many times. A man who was without a contract at the end of last year, the team just survived. He survived, um, and it was lovely to see him in something we not perhaps not we, we would expect to be up there in a time trial, but um, to win a road stage, it's been it's brilliant to watch. And um, he gives the best interviews. He's the most Belgian man in the world, and uh, he's great. He's just brilliant. I, I love the way he rolls his R's. Yeah. Really, really hard. And he goes really deep. When he's talking. Was really about the, I don't know. <laughs> I have to. I have to point out. There's a lot of love for Flemish on the breakaway so hey, I'm there? Flemish. Yeah. That's well, exactly. Ben Yeah. Graham, you say his face is a picture. It his really face was, is yeah. always a picture. That's what I love about him. And he just, he just lays his heart right out there. I think it's wonderful. Laid a bit more out there today than we cared to um, want to see as well. But um, yeah, it was, it was good to see him crossing the line. First. It was. Um, outsprinted Oscar Reespeak. I missed this laying out bit. Oh, you don't know? Uh, I didn't know if you knew what we were talking so about earlier. Did he, he got his <laughs> out? <laughs> in, did he? In no, is that right? Well, it, it, he, he was on the a... front of the breakaway, right? But this oh, is, so this is what I did. He was having a wee. Right. But he was at the front. And this is what I find really... Oh, he was on TV. He was Obviously, he, he was going to be on TV. So he sort of like undoes his jersey <laughs> and then lowered his bib shorts. And I just thought, would you not wait? Like, what is the etiquette with that, though? Because you're going to know at that stage you're on TV. Eventually, the camera did cut away. Well, Victor's quite renowned for flashing. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just counting on them not showing it when he takes but a natural break. Maybe he thought we couldn't see it. Well, it, it was quite obvious what was, was happening. <laughs> <laughs> how long was the clip? Yeah, how long was the clip? <laughs> long um, enough. Let's this show move, is sponsored by baguettes. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move this on and, and take it back to the start of the day um, because something else we didn't see was, was your run this morning, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Something else we didn't see, apart from my run this morning, our run this morning. Yes, it was. Uh, it turned into my run, your walk. <laughs> hey, look, did, I was hungover and we did 5K with you, and that's, that's as far that's as I was prepared enough. to that's go. That's 5K yeah. more yeah. than yeah. I did, and the, I wasn't hungover. that goes against the whole ethos of fun is fast. <laughs> it was a very fast first kilometre. <laughs> um, actually, it was, it, was, it was lovely to see the guy who came out of the hotel this morning and, and was... Oh, you, yes. ma- you made yeah. his weekend. Yeah, you don't often see it though, and it's a nice I reminder. About of... that, actually, I'm so accustomed to it. Yeah. Such a spreader of joy, Bradley. It just comes with the territory well, yeah. of being alive. I mean, I know Graham witnessed it firsthand, did you, Graham? Yeah, it was it was lovely. He was from Sheffield, and he was just going home to Sheffield with his good lady, and um, 
yeah, he was a real fan of the show and the sport, and it was great. Yeah, real fan of yours. I was going to mention before we cut away to our run, uh, the the crash that we didn't see, um, which yeah. had a, a, a huge effect on the start of the race. I mean, it, it it stopped almost before it got going. Yeah, but Victor was in the breakaway. He's the first man to attack he was today. The first off, so it was yeah. quite. It was good. You know, good to see him back in. Imagine if he hadn't made it into mm. the second break. I mean, yeah. although did they restart them with the break they had? I didn't. I missed that bit. No, they, no. they they restarted as if it was from as the start again. Start, yeah, so it's yeah. merciful, really, that it didn't have a big effect on the but race. It was to do to the medics. I think they mm. didn't have enough on site to, to to restart the race safely, which you can understand now. But at the time, there was all this confusion. We didn't know what was going on. Yeah, um, a big crash like that. You don't often see so many riders involved. You you, you don't often. You, I think you don't often see so many riders involved. But there can be a lot of riders involved, but yeah. they just drop back to the medical car throughout the race, you know, yeah, but because I mean, they were all by the centre yeah. they were getting medical attention straight away. Uh, 2012, there was a huge crash on stage eight or nine, I think, when Griper won in 2012 tour, uh, which Cav got stuck behind, he broke his wheel. Yeah. And it was about yeah, 15k yeah, yeah. to go. And there was about 40 riders went down, much like the other tour where Cantalara and those guys, do you remember when they all crashed in yellow? and yes. Yeah, and, and obviously the race carried on from those ones, didn't they? Flying, flying into the ditches. That was horrendous. That was about the yeah. worst I've seen. Yeah. The worst it was I the Corsican remember. stage. Do you remember where they That's tried right. to shorten the race on stage yeah. one, and it was going yeah. to be a sprint, and they brought the the finish line three k early, and then decided at ten k to go. No, actually, we're going to go. That was when the Green Edge bus line. drove into the finish line. That was that. That was yeah. that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all Geraint the drama. Broke his, 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 his pelvis. pelvis. Yeah, 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 and rode yeah. all the way to Paris. Yeah. Uh, I can remember talking to David Miller about crashing in the peloton and, and him saying that it's a really eerie, or it can be a really eerie place to be because yeah. it's so quiet. You've got riders, first of all, checking themselves over to make sure hey, that, that yeah. they're, they're okay, they, they, they're okay to continue. But they also, a lot of the time, don't want to show that they're injured because they don't want to give anything away to their, their yeah, rivals. There is that. But they, they also don't want to be pulled from the race. You've worked so hard. Yeah, exactly. You've, you know, yeah. So many riders, it's your first grand tour. Well, you've worked so hard to be choice, there. You know? I mean, I crashed, the crash I crashed out in 2011 in the tour, that was a big mm -hmm. pile up. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does happen more frequently. It's, it's only, I think, because they're traumatic things to watch, you, you tend to not... You know, in recall, psychologically, you forget about them. And actually, the more you remind yourself, there's actually quite a lot of it in cycling. You don't um, often see a race stopped. I think that's the thing. Yeah, you know, definitely. The actually I, I, I actually don't remember the last time we've seen a race stopped mm. from, from a crash. Um, but I do think they're probably stricter on the medical side of it now. You know, when you say have to, yeah. in David Miller's day, maybe yeah. it, was a, it was more of a thing to try to hide the extent of your injuries so you could keep on riding. I think they're much more hot on that now. And if you look at the likes of Joss Van Emden today, the Jumbo Visma rider, it was absolutely horrific. The poor guy was, uh, it looked like he was crying. He could barely breathe. That kind of thing. Obviously, you're not going to get back on the bike again, but terrible. Van Emden, one of the riders to leave the race today. Um, Giacomo Nizzolo didn't start. We understand yeah. he's got other other priorities. I guess the Tour de France and trying mm. to win green. That's what it sounds like, chance, right? Yeah. yeah. So that should be some battle. Not the same criticism, though, as Kill Evian got. No. Like, no one else got that same <laughs> no, level. No, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I guess he was, Caleb Ewan was first and highest profile to go among the sprinters. And in the Chiclamino. And in the jersey. Highest profile casualty, Emmanuel Bookman for Bora. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. So he's out. He was in the top 10, wasn't he? And he's gone mm. home. He looked like they were giving him quite a scan, a thorough scan over. So I can only assume it was um, loss of consciousness mm. or something like that, really. So concussion. Changes the race for Bora now. They've got one card to play. Yeah, I mean, but they've, yeah, Sagan's won his stage. He's clearly here for preparation for the Tour. I think he's going to be a hot property at the Tour. And maybe trying to win the Chiclamino jersey. But although I imagine that's not a, 
a big goal for him, really, is it here? The tour is a bigger, bigger fish to fry. You the would tour. think so, but then I wonder how it plays out when if when he's got the likes of Sam Bennett yeah. defending Green and looking so strong this season already. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have, and I guess there are so many rivals that have that have dropped now. There's one more sprint left, really. Yeah. So if he hangs on, it's probably his, and you know, it's it's good to to amass another jersey in your collection. Yeah, absolutely. Ineos gunning it on the front, but but not all of them. Only two, no, only two riders, yeah, which is, which is the norm, you know. Any any big squad like that, you watch out over the years. You only use your, those guys won't be expected to play a part tomorrow, and you can't imagine them playing a part, especially after today. You know, again, had these three stalwarts behind him and around him yesterday. That that t- today, sorry, that will be ready for tomorrow, and that's their big day. And the pace was taken up by Filippo Ganna and uh, Puccio. So they was they did a lot of lot on the front today, and they kept that group around twelve minutes all day. The two of them against fourteen. And I know they would have been working hard anyway, but I just wonder how much harder they had to work because Bora were out of it. Yeah. Because you would have expected Bora to to jump on the front, to share that workload a little bit, maybe maybe take over, depending on how the race panned yeah. out for Peter Sagan. With Bookman out of the race, they clearly changed their plans. So, I, I mean, I can't imagine with the likes of Pichu and certainly not Ghana, it's going to affect them too much. You know, yeah. they're absolute machines. But I think maybe they would have had a slightly harder day than they would have planned. Yeah. They would have sent two riders up Bora as well. Yeah. So you've had two riders from Bora and two riders. Mm. You know, the whole team wouldn't have took it up, but they certainly sent two up. Puccio was the, the other rider alongside Gano that we saw a lot of today. He rode for you, didn't he? He did, 2013. Yeah, he's a great lad. Yeah. We had um, Dario Cataldo was in the team also when I rode in 2013. And I had, I had with a view to winning the pink jersey in Milan that year, of course. The team time trial was stage four or five. Um, I was f- firing really... Um, it was when I was most at home in the time trials and, and that course alone, Cataldo said to me afterwards, you know, you probably could have gone faster on your own. Mm-hmm. I think we won by two or three seconds, the team time trials. So we won the stage and before it, we'd won the stage in the um, Giro del Trentino, which is now the Tour of the Alps. And so we, we knew we could win the stage. We knew we'd beat sort of Liquid Grass squad. And um, I um, said to, you know, I'd, I'd planned obviously to take pink later on in the race. I'd already worn the pink in the Giro, so I, did, I wasn't too bothered about wearing it early that in the Tour. And I said to Cataldo, you know, you can take the pink jersey if you want being in Italy. You know, he'd been pretty good in before that with Quickstep and stuff like that. And obviously he's now an, an older rider in the peloton. But he, he hit the front too early in his panic and desperation to get to the line. And obviously that detracts from trying to win the stage. But we knew we'd won the stage. And he just ran out of legs because we're doing 65k now. And he came through three, 400 metres to go make sure he crossed the line first because the first riders from the team across the line takes the jersey. And in his running out of legs, Puccio came over the top of him <laughs> and took the jersey himself <laughs> and ensued this big Abbiamo attaccato del muro, vicis magria rossa, you might wait, five. And we'd won the stage, and these two are arguing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going, Sorry, man, sorry. <laughs> you know was- what I love about that day? Because I was there, it was in Ischia, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and we had, to get the, the, yeah, we had to get the ferry across at the end of that day. It was yeah. a brutal transfer. But I remember thinking, oh, that was so perfect because Dave Brailsford then sold that as as the perfect pink ribbon on the on the parcel. And he said, oh, we all planned at the start of the day. We, we you know, we timed it so that Puccio would be the last to cross the line so we, we'd have an Italian in the pink jersey. Yeah. So we all bought it, hook, line yeah, and sinker. No, no, I didn't no, realise. It was Cataldo. It was Cataldo. Yeah. Puccio was first year professional. He's never won a race since. Uh, <laughs> I was going to come on to this. Cause, uh, we... And he's won, the, he's won the pink jersey in the Giro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he's, he's... And Cataldo's gone on to win a stage, hasn't he, two years ago, I think. Um but he's never worn pink. So it worked out all right, didn't it? Yeah. Orla, you mentioned um, getting the ferry at the end of the stage there. Because I know we talk a lot about transfers at the end of stages for riders and, and, and the impact that can have. But sometimes for the for the 
the press and the people covering the race. But you were there, were you? Yeah, I was be, there. Yeah. I covered did the whole you do an race. Did you with me afterwards? You must have done. Uh, no, I didn't think we did that day. No. You weren't in the pink jersey. We didn't care. No, no. <laughs> I'm joking. Standard, you know. <laughs> Whereas normally when I wasn't doing well, that you spoke to me. <laughs> That's when we were in your face. Yeah. But it can be logistically almost impossible that Giro d'Italia that was my first ever Grand Tour that I did from start to finish so we'd done the Giro we'd done the Tour de France a few years but that was the first one I did start to finish and that year in particular the transfers were absolutely brutal so that was the first week and I remember you know you've got a really long day anyway so you've got to get up early get to this get to the finish before like way before the stage starts you're there until after it all finishes after the buses have all left and that evening, I remember, like it was just one car ferry that went between Ischia and the mainland. And it was a tiny little island. Remember, they had to limit the yeah, number of vehicles even that were allowed onto yeah. the island. Um, but even with that, the queues, I remember, to get onto the ferry just went on for what felt like an eternity. And of course, they prioritized all the riders. So all the teams are, you know, waving off the back of this ferry as we're sitting in the um, queue until sundown and then the next day was a really long day I seem to remember because it was a really early start and for some reason I we, think we had a three hour drive off the we bus. did off, off, off the, the other ferries, side yeah yeah, yeah 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 and so by the time that we got to where we were supposed to be that night it was something like one in the morning yeah. or two in the morning and we were staying in this holiday camp. It was really weird. I don't. I couldn't understand why we were there. But anyway, they kept reception open just for us arriving. And they gave me my room. And I was walking through this holiday camp at like two in the morning with these suitcases that I'd packed for three full weeks on the road, trying to find this blinking room. I got to the room and opened the door. And there was somebody already there. And I was like, oh, this isn't my room. Went back to reception. <laughs> um, reception had closed by then. So I was almost in tears trying to walk around the bar at, in my in my pigeon Italian, finding anyone who could give me a key to a new room. I nearly went and slept on the cameraman's floor when finally I managed to get someone who could give me a new room. And yeah, and then we ended up starting at like maybe nine in the morning the next morning. So I got about four hours sleep. And that was week one of my first grand tour. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely brutal. Mm. Um, it was a brutal finish to the end today as well. A sort of apocalyptic conditions mm. in the rain. How did you go in the rain, first of all, Brad? Um, I went well sometimes. I mean, Harry Nees, a few. I mean, I always had, yeah, I mean, just particularly that Giro, I, I think it reflected my mood and state sort of... Um, how happy I was off the bike, really. I think, um, other than that time trial, which I sort of excelled in, um, the rest of the time, I was. I think it reflected um, my s mental stability off the bike, and it was pretty poor. So mm. I think that's why I kind of had me wobble on the descents and things, particularly in the rain. Mm. So plenty of wobbles from Campanats and Respeak um, yeah. towards the end, as they were trying to put a gap into, into each other. other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's what it's like, you know. I think we saw Balkan Mollema go down. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, yeah, yeah, he nearly, I couldn't well, he believe he didn't it. fall. He saved it, didn't he? Saved he, yeah. did he, yeah. he seemed to be looking over his shoulder. One of his wheels slid out and yeah, he managed to He almost, He almost seemed like he did a 360. <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah, incredible. Um, but the two in front, they, they got the gap with less than 10 kilometres to go. Um, who did you fancy at that point? Um... I didn't think Victor was as quick in no, the sprint. No, no, I didn't. No. None of us did no. actually. And you've got to feel for Reesbeck because afterwards you could see he was, you know, thumping the handlebars. That standard practice. Um, but he gave an interview immediately afterwards in Dutch where he said that was a once in a lifetime opportunity, and I made a mistake because obviously he went too early. Yeah. Um, but he said, you know, after 15 days of racing, this is really hard, and I'm out of words. And it's, I always think cycling is so fascinating almost for the stories of the people who didn't make it you know and someone like him you've got a feel for him that 
he's not a big name in the in the sport. You know, this is his one chance to get his name in the history books. It might come back again, of course, but yeah, really sad for him because they looked like I thought they could have been playing silly buggers for a bit and they might have allowed the grip behind to catch them. They didn't. They stayed out front. They played yeah. it perfectly. And then it was, you know, man against man, but he just went too early. Yeah. So, yeah. He went too early. Campanarts went over the top of him. This is how Rob Hatch called it for us on Eurosport and GCM+. Plus. As if we didn't need any more nerves and tension. The next attack has to be the definitive one for them. Behind, they keep riding. Campanarts, who doesn't have a grand tour stage win yet. He's tried and tried and tried. For Rizabek, this is his grand tour debut and an opportunity to become a household name backing his native Netherlands. 500 metres now. It's on those wet cobbles in the middle of Gorizia. They come downhill. They take it gingerly, nervously. 350 metres. Campanarts being forced to lead this one out. Final turn coming up now. And Brizebeek is on the wheel and ready to jump. And here we go. It's Rizabek in that Navy jersey who sprints. Rizabek being followed by Campanarts. Hermon's taking them in behind, but they're going for third place. Rizabek is there. Campanarts is in the wheel. Can he come around him? They're coming up to the finish line. Campanarts is going to hit the front. Campanarts comes to the front. He's done it in the sprint. Ubuntu. They have done it. I am because we are a hat-trick for Quebecer Assos and the teamwork they talk about has pulled off the win again. Victor Capanarts wins stage 15 of the Giro d'Italia. Orla, you've mentioned this already. Uh, it's Quebecer's third victory in five days, third victory of the Giro. I don't think any of us predicted this. I don't think they predicted it, even from their Twitter feed after yeah. the win today it was full of exclamation marks and and capital letters and they could barely believe that they'd done it you know this is a team that was so close to folding at the end of last season that we had all written them off you know we just thought that was it that they were out of the sport um and I find it really endearing actually and um really telling that in his interview afterwards and we you know we laugh really affectionately with Victor Campanarts when he goes because through we, because we love it because we do love it but he goes through his whole story and it, you know he, he gives you so much but in the middle of it all, you know, he's thanking Douglas, as he called him, Doug Ryder, the team boss, and talking about Quebec the charity. You know, it's a South African yeah. charity that's about giving bicycles to people who need them. They're the first African team to have raced the Tour de France. Their history and, and their reason for being are very, very important, obviously, to that team, because every one of them who crosses the line first, they've got their five, they keep saying the five fingers, but, you know, uh, four fingers and the thumb in the air. Um, it's all about that teamwork, and that's part of their whole team motto, you know. It's, Which um, they've got back since Bjorn Reese left, haven't mm -hmm. they? They've... Uh... Was it Bjorn Reese? Is it that team lost you? No. 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 Right. No. Although <laughs> <laughs> Brian Smith say? was there. No, he it's, took over. Didn't he? He, he was with um, another team. Who went with Cal? Lisa Longbury. Marita. No, I'm sure no. Bjorn Reese took over last year, and he's left there. But they've gone back to that ethos, which is which is what the team started. Yeah, it's sort of when Dimension Data yeah. were yeah. were co-sponsoring, sort yeah. of yeah. lost a little bit of that, didn't they? They did lose yeah. that identity. Yeah, they lost it and. It's brilliant because that 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 is now steeped in history, particularly when Steve Cummings won, of course. Yeah. On Mandela Day. On Mandela, Mandela Day, Day, yeah. 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 Um, Giacomo Nizzolo, we saw break his duck um, and win a sprint. Maro Schmidt as well, um, winning the stage into Montalcino. Uh, they're, they're not only having 
the most successful Grand Tour we've seen for since since the days of Steve Cummings. Um, but they're also increasingly the the most likable team in the peloton. Yeah, I think so, and they've got great sponsors like ASOS and that, and I need to ASOS. Um, <laughs> no, ASOS, <laughs> um, because ASOS yeah. are like you know they they they're they're a great brand that have been you know, kind of involved in cycling for so many years, going back to Freuler and Del Bundy and all those guys um, in Swiss cycling, and it's great. Bradley, I have to say you're right. Johnny Reese was with I NTT. Was. Yeah, Keep yeah, yeah. Keep all that in, please. <laughs> <laughs> he was less, he was. He was, um, yeah, oh, less than a year. And they lost their identity a bit when yeah, he was in. Yeah, you're right, right, you're right, you're right, because of course, course it was I'm NTT right. Pro Cycling, You made me question it? myself. Then. Yeah, 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 no, you're yeah. bang on the money. Yep. There we go, because Bjarne Reese came in, and Bjarne, mm -hmm. you know, they lost that identity even more so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there you go. I knew I was right. Schooled. Always right. <laughs> the reason it's your show. <laughs> there is a reason for that, Graham. Uh, we've mentioned Victor Campanart's interview. It's worth hearing again, even if you heard it on Let's TV it, earlier. Yeah. Here it is now. Um, it was just uh, an amazing day uh, with the team. Uh, we don't have the... The, the guys in the team that will do the uphill finishes and the coming days are extremely hard. So we decided to go all in today, right as one Ubuntu I am, because we are. Um, we gave everything what we had from the first kilometers, uh, quite a dramatic start with a big crash uh, in the beginning. And we were already in front uh, with half of the team and we restarted the race, we did the same thing. Um, and the rest uh, was just fantastic. I have to say, uh, Lucas and Max had 100% faith in my performance. It gave a little bit of pressure, but I'm so happy to finish this off. Uh, and the guys both also did the same uh, crazy result for a team like ours, Quebeca, Azos. Um, this is fantastic. We have a Giro with three victories. Um, we struggle to stay al stay alive as a team, um, but we managed to stay alive. We are looking for a big sponsor, and um, I think uh, with three victories in the Giro, we make a great statement. We are racing for a greater purpose. We will always ra race for a greater purpose, no matter what sponsor will join the team. Um, but we hope we will have this sponsor and stay alive uh, for a long, long time. And make bicycles change lives, bring bicycles in Africa to give chances for better education and better a better life. Zwift is the world's training playground, Brad, where fun takes you further, recreating the outdoor feel of riding on an indoor trainer. Something you can get on board with, I think. It does, yeah. And Zwift have done it very well, and they're now the leaders, aren't they, in that world? And um They've got the likes of Geraint Thomas on board and, you know, probably can't get... Your old mate, yeah. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, they, they got, did some involvement with Team Wiggins a few years ago. We joined in one of their shops, Pinarello shop um, races one night and my son uses it. I watch him during the winter months. Um, it's something I wish I'd had when I was 15, definitely just to, from, a, from a safety point of view when you didn't want to let your kids out on the road in the dark. And, and anyone can use it. So, it, you know, you don't, yeah. have to, you don't have to be G, you don't have to be a pro. You can train with thousands of, of real train, people. Yeah. Like, you can train with anyone. You can ride with anyone um, from the world of pro cycling or from your workplace or school, whatever age you are. Brad, like you say, most of the pros on the World Tour train on Swift. Yeah, hop on any time, heart pumping, intense cycling, join group rides, events and worldwide races. Um, Zwift has nine worlds too, including the stunning Paris and France maps. They've recreated Tour de France stages, 
um, which gives everyone a chance to experience them. You don't have to have been Bradley Wiggins to experience what it's like to ride at the Tour de France. Uh, You can hit your kilometres with virtual dinosaurs, raging waterfalls. You can be inside a volcano, uh, James Bond-esque, a wide open California desert. Plus, you can tour London landmarks. All you need is a bike, trainer and Zwift app. Uh, You can get a free seven-day trial, Brad. No strings attached at Zwift.com. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, sponsored by Zwift, where fun is fast. Um, slow sufficed for, in the end, George Bennett's uh, main man, the domestique, dragging the breakaway uh, for what felt like most of the stage yesterday, mm. um, Eduardo Affini. And then Bennett, having got to the top of the Zonkalan and finished finishing in the top 10, then decided to ride down the Zonkalan, because obviously you have to off the, yeah. off the mountain. There's no there's no yeah. transfer from the from the top of the mountain, um, and then rode back up with Afini as a as a way of saying, look, I really appreciate the effort you put in for me today. He and, did that, and, did he? Yeah. I didn't realize that until today. I saw a picture of it. I think that's really beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, he yeah. ro- oh, so he well, Afini ba- was still riding. Afini, Afini was, was still he sort of pulled yeah, off yeah. at the bottom Good of the Zonkalan. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, Bennett came back down and then rode up the Zonkalan oh, with Afini. Yeah, and then good on George for doing that. Yeah. yeah, he's a top lad. But I'm actually amazed that someone didn't take offence to that, like the race organisers, and and do something. Because did he is that is he aiding him doing that? Good question. Yeah. Good question. Well, that's what I was saying whenever Affini like when dropped. Richard Port, do you remember the wheel a few yeah, years ago? Yeah, yeah, And um, was it George? It was someone else, actually. It was another guy, wasn't it? He gave the, Richie, Richie gave got given a wheel, wheel by a green edge rider yeah. and docked, you know. But that's what I was wondering about Affini yesterday because he came to an absolute standstill, as you, as you would imagine, after the effort he put in. And he still had 13 kilometres of the Zonkalan to do. And I thought, man, if he misses a time cut after that, that would be brutal. Yeah. See, so, yeah, I don't know. But then it's, you know, it's the Zonkalan, 20, 20% plus at the top there. And Bennett's done it once. He's he's had two yeah, but, two top know. ten finishes in three days, and and he well, he's trying just, to ride himself to enough distance anyway to be able to go for a stage yeah. one, isn't he? So maybe if he gets himself tired for a few days, he'll have a go in the last week. Exactly. Um, another detail we might have missed uh, because we've been so focused on the Giro is first of all Anna van der Breggen uh, taking the stage at the Vuelta Burgos Femenina uh, today and the overall. Um, but I think particularly heartwarming in the same way that Campanazzi's win was today was uh, Cecily Utrup Ludwig, probably the most charismatic rider in, in the men's or women's peloton, um, even more so than, than Campanaz. Certainly one always of the most loved, isn't she? Yeah, always a joy in interviews, no matter where she finishes. Um, but brilliant to see her take a, a stage in her first World Tour win, Orla. Yeah, such a popular win. And, and it's it's been coming this season. Um I think because of her charisma, because of the way she gives her interviews, there's been a lot of pressure on her almost. And she's a she's an intelligent woman. She knows that. And mm. she does she doesn't want to, I think, play up that cookiness of herself too much because she knows she's got to back it up with results. Um but this season certainly has been looking like a win is, is coming for Cecily. And to see it yesterday, it was so popular. You know, my Twitter was awash with people just absolutely delighted for it. And that's exceptional. You know, we don't get that very often. The fact that it was her first professional win was just absolutely brilliant. So, um, yeah, hugely delighted for her. Um, Grace Brown took the first stage of that. And, and she's been really impressive this year as well because she's taking over essentially from Annemiek van Vluten at Bike Exchange. And that's her second win um, this season. But Anna van der Breger, this fascinates me, Bradley, and I'd like to ask you about this because she's just won her seventh flesh yeah. on, for example. You know, she's, she's won again. She's winning this season. She's aiming for the Olympics once again. She's a defending champion. Regardless of what happens, she is insisting that that's it. She is retiring yeah. 
at the end of this season, she's going to become a DS. She's 31, I think it is, yeah. compared to Van Vleuten, who's maybe, I think she's maybe 36, 37, 38, I think. She's got another Olympics in her. Sure. Well, this is it. You would think yeah. she's got another Olympics. But this is the holy grail of athletes, isn't it? To retire when you're at the top, yes. to go out with a bang. Yeah. That must be so hard, though, when you're still beating the best in the world. Yeah, but it's getting more competitive, isn't it? Mm. Um, I, I wondered, was she planning on stopping last year, but the Olympics got moved, so she's extended by another year already? I think she was. I think it was always going to be this, this year. year yeah. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I would need to double check that, but I think it was always going to be this year. Yeah. Um, because she announced, yeah, I would need to look at that. But to say that regardless of what happens at the Olympics, yeah. you know, if she wins the Olympics, if she wins the World Championships, mm. what are you, you yeah. you're the defending champion and that's it, you're not in competition. I know, it's fascinating. But, uh, yeah, but I'm still really Olympic admirable. champion today. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think it's... Um, yeah, true. I've been Olympic champion for 16 years, mm. you know, and it's, um, yeah, it's just, I think it's something, when you've been as successful as she is, she probably doesn't want to go out mm -hmm. any other way and realizes how hard and what it takes to be at that level. And if you, if there's any question mark about, can I do another year? Can I keep this up? Then I think that's probably the time to go. Um, so yeah, you know, you have to respect, I always respect someone's opinion that wants to, you know, call it a day, but whether it's out, she might not win, but you know, yeah, it's, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether she'd be swayed at this stage, particularly with the Tour de France coming. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. 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 I mean, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Because, wouldn't it be a lovely thing to go out and win the first, the inaugural Women's Tour de France yeah. and then hang yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I wonder whether she could be swayed off the news of that just a few weeks ago. Mm. We'll be back with more from the Bradley Wiggins Show after this. Lacquer's collective cover is made especially for cyclists. This is bicycle insurance made for everyone, from Grand Tour winners to cyclists hitting the pedals for the first time. Lacquer has transformed traditional insurance with no more fixed upfront premiums. Instead, your monthly contributions are based on the collective's claims that month, meaning you could pay nothing if nobody claims. Your max monthly price is capped, but the savings are all yours. Claims are handled by Lacquer's team of cycling experts and usually agreed within a day, with no depreciation or excess. The Bradley Wiggins Show listeners can get their first 30 days free. Head over to www.lacquer.co and sign up using the code WIGGINS. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. Brad, looking forward to tomorrow's stage mm. 16 um, into Cortina, the Queen stage, the highest point in the race, the Chimo copy. Yeah. Uh, monster of a stage in the Dolomites. 6,000 metres plus of climbing. Yeah. Uh, we expect to see we expect to see a shake-up in the GC, particularly because we've got some brutal conditions forecast. Yeah. What do you think? How do you see it unfold? Um, well, it goes over 2,000 metres three or four times tomorrow. We've got the Jao Poidoy. Um, it's it's a tough one and finishing Cortina weather's not going to be great and they're already predicting sort of heavy rain at times and when you go over 2,000 metres I think Hordoy the Jow is definitely over 2,200 200,300 metres that altitude is going to suit the likes of Bernal Simon Yates I think it's going to I think I can actually predict that the GC tomorrow will be Bernal Yates and Hugh Carthy climbing onto mm. the podium Hugh's 2 minutes and 11 seconds yeah. behind he's only 20 fifth. seconds off of that podium yeah um, so it's Alexandra, Alexander Vlasov and, and Damiano Caruso uh, ahead of him. Orla, who do we need to see something from apart from Hugh Carthy tomorrow? Simon Yates. Yeah. We've got to see something from him because, you know, he gave that interview yesterday where he said, I'm not going to go into detail, but I haven't been great in the first week. That means we would suspect he's finding form again. 
Yes, we've got a huge week of climbing in the last week, but this is the Chima copy. It is the Queen stage. This is psychological as well as physical. And I think we need to see something from Bike Exchange as well. Mm. We need to see his team around him a little bit more because I've expected a bit more from them, really. Um, and I just think, you know, he goes into tomorrow, what is he, 1 minute 33 off Bernal. He can't really afford to let Bernal take more time than that tomorrow. I mean, he can, obviously, with, with a week of climbing and anything can happen in one one single climb. But if he's to be challenging for the overall, I think tomorrow is the day that we need to see something for sure. Brad, how do you approach it as a GC rider? Depends which GC rider you are. Mm-hmm. Um, Ineos are going to ride. They've you know they've made that intent clear today, really. I think they would just look. Bernal's got 130, hasn't he, over Simon Yates? I don't think Simon's going to attack Bernal tomorrow. He might try something on the jowl with a descent after that, but I think there'll be a decent break in the morning. There'll be 15, 16 guys, and then they'll take up the pursuit behind. What I, do you think Yates will do? Well, I think that they'll wait as long as possible for that last week, mm, and I think okay. that Matt White will want the likes of Dan Martin we were talking about, Education Ferdinand, Hugh Carthy, the guys further down, Vlasov, still like the way Astana rode the other day, them to try something from behind to, to dislodge the podium places. So Vlasov to move onto the podium, if you like, or Ciccone and people like that and profit from the disorganization of that happening and isolating. So if any are chasing all these guys down that are attacking, then they want to isolate Burnell. Yeah, no, I, I don't think Whitey squad will do that. They'll want everyone else to do that and then have numbers over Ineos at some point. The thing to remember about tomorrow is because it's a queen stage and because it's Chima copy, we're all thinking it's in the climb, but it's a massive descent to the finish. And yeah. if the weather plays a part with this, it could be a totally different kind of stage to the one that we're yeah. thinking of in our heads. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a climb for the last 1K, it goes back uphill again, but you've got that huge descent, potentially in the, in the wet snow. or snow. the snow, that could be really decisive, That's where more Burnell so than the climbs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Burnell could get very cold up there, but they all will, and I think Simon will handle that the best. Mm-hmm. Simon and Hugh, actually. And if you remember a few years ago, I think 2016, where Stefan Krosvik looked like he was wrapped mm. the race up. And on the descent of the Garvey, he crashed into a snowball. Yeah, Went yeah, head over yeah. heels, didn't he? Yeah. 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 yeah, so anything can happen tomorrow. And Burnell, the altitude's great, but if it's minus two up there mm-hmm. and snowing, mm-hmm. then he's going to, yeah, he'll struggle more than most. Yeah. Um, bike exchange, they, they just seem to have fallen away every single time the heat's on. Um, Whitey, surely he's you know. It, yeah, he doesn't have the. Yeah, it, I don't know. What, what, don't know. what does he need fair? to? What does he need to say to them? To well, I or, think they've looked. I think they've looked better at times. I think there's clearly something going on in that team at the start of the race, mm. which is what Simon's referring to. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to try and get an interview with Matt White at some point. Um, it's whether he gives much away. I'd, I'd wait. I'd wait. Hold tight on that one till tomorrow. I think when we sat in 24 hours to see what what the result is. I think. I think they're planning something big. Whether that comes tomorrow or not, we're going to be seen. I think sometimes we look at the likes of Ineos and even the way de Koenig were racing at the start when they had two race leaders and then one race leader. We look at those teams or like Jumbo Visma last year and we say, why is no one else doing that? As if it's an easy thing. Mm, yeah. I think sometimes we are misled slightly by the the dominance and the prowess of certain teams and, and, and think that, other teams need to raise their game or they're doing something wrong. There's a reason those teams are winning, you know, because they're the best and they're the best at it. And it's maybe, I don't, I just don't know if it's fair to say that other teams are getting anything wrong or falling away. That's just how things sift out. You know, that's how the sand sifts through, really. 
Do we expect Bernal to put, if, if all goes well, do we expect him to put the, the race almost out of sight overall tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, it depends really. Yeah, I mean, it depends what happens in the race for that. To, you know, if he's got five minutes at the end of the day, then yes. But I I can't see him attacking mm. on the jowl and then descending in. To, he'll, he'll, he'll want to maintain. I don't think he'll push the envelope out too far. If he's got 130 tomorrow night, that'll be success. Because um, the hard stuff's still to come, you know, that last couple of days. I can see him doing the same thing that we saw him do with Yates on the, on the Zonkalan. And, and just wait. He, he doesn't have to push it. He can just wait until yeah, someone else decides to. Maybe and then, at the end or... On the but also, I, th- I think he would be putting it out of sight if it was an uphill finish. Yeah, but it's not. not. You know, it's yeah. that final descent that's going to be absolutely crucial. And obviously they'll know that in terms of trying to play it safe and make sure that at least they stay upright. But I, I can't see him putting it out of sight tomorrow. I can't. I, I can't no, see how he'll he be able to get enough of an advantage on that final climb that he can maintain that and control that all the way down the other side. You know, you'd imagine he'd need teammates to do that if he's going to if he's going to actually try to gain time in the descent. That's a massive ask. You know, the likes of Nibali can he do that. Need to. No, no, he doesn't no, need to no. exactly. So as Bradley says, it. if he's got that one thirty three at the end of at the end of tomorrow and he stayed upright and he hasn't, you know, taken any bruises, then that will be good. And then he's got, you know, the, the uphill finishes where he can finish it off. Last point, then give us a prediction. Um, Stage winner tomorrow. Break will go for the real tough one. Though. Yeah, quite fancy Balka Molina. Yeah, you think? He's been present. Yeah, Gaviria. <laughs> you've, you've Gaviria been this every day. Week. The one yeah. day you don't mention Gaviria, he's going to win. You know that. Ola? Oh, man, that's, it's a really, really hard one. I think it's going to be breakaway. Um, actually, no, scrap that. Scrap that. Right, so we've had 15 stages. We've had eight breakaway wins. We've had, I think, nine, did I write earlier? First time Jira winners. I think it's going to be an old guard. I'm actually going to nick Bradley's love here. Why not? Vincenzo Nibali. Oh, I was going to say It's this. going to be someone <laughs> who can monster though. it on a Is descent. It, yeah. Sod it. Let's, I'm going to go with my yeah. heart. Let's go Nibali. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Mm. Yeah, because he's, 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 quite, he's just quietly almost been in neutral the last couple of stages. And he's got nothing yeah. to lose in that descent, does yeah. he? Yeah. Nothing to lose. But that's obviously if, the, you know, the don't hit the fan up the first few times. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we look forward to finding out. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, brought to you by Zwift, where fun is fast. Orla, thanks again for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Where can we find you on social media? You can find me lurking in a dark corner under at Sports Orla on Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. Uh, Brad, thanks again. Here we go. So here we go. Yeah, too easy. Uh, You can follow Eurosport on Twitter at Eurosport underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. You can do. Thanks to our producer, Podcast Pete. Podcast Pete. Pete Burton. And finally from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye if you've enjoyed the show. Please do subscribe, share your thoughts and rate us. Brad, see you tomorrow. Ta-ra. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.